0: What is up, Fantasyland? Welcome back to the GOAT District for a very special edition. It's Dynasty Week in the Roto Underworld, and we are live via the Player Profiler Network with a very special guest, a Dynasty Trades specialist, a connoisseur, as some might call. Mr. Shane Manila of Dynasty Trades in Five and Dynasty Trades HQ is back in the GOAT District. We're talking Dynasty Bold Predictions. And tons more dynasty goatness, including a bit of flag planting. So buckle up for some high stakes, high octane, and high win rate. Fantasy football goodness, let's get.
1: Trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all. Some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up GOAT district, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do with the. And I always be trading. And I always be trading. And I always be trading. Y'all try to betray betray 'em, but first you gotta bait 'em. Fish.
0: What is up, Fantasyland? We are back in the district for Dynasty Week. I know Theo's pumped about this. He's got this all set up, talking Dynasty all across Player Profiler. Make sure you check us out on your favorite podcast platform, the Goat District. And also go over to our YouTube channel when this show is done. Subscribe. We just passed 800 subs. We appreciate all the support. Guys, go up there and sub to the channel. We got high stakes. We got Redraft, Dynasty, Best Ball. We talk about all of it. We're just a couple of guys. We got before guys, Theo, playing high stakes. And some of our friends just happen to be some of the best players in the world. We bring them on to talk. And tonight is no different, man. We got the man, the voice. You know this guy's voice. You know that Philly accent. The man, Shane is the worst. Shane Manila, welcome back to the district, brother. We love having you every time.
2: Dude, I'm so happy to be here. I haven't talked to you, and it honestly feels like... Five, six, seven years—I don't even know. Long, long time. Maybe before COVID. I don't even know. Like I think we we survived COVID. Like we didn't get uh, ether to so say you were like, all right, I'm bringing him back. He, he's safe to talk to. Dude, you
0: guys are crushing. We were talking about before. uh You guys are crushing over there at Trades in Five. Love what you guys are putting out. The Dynasty content, diving in the trades, and you got your boy Scott over there. I, I, I was telling you earlier, he's got the record on the district right now for the most views uh, when he came on with with Theo and Dan. I mean, tonight we got a big one. We're talking Dynasty bold predictions. We're going to do some plant, some flag planting. Theo, how pumped are you for tonight, man?
3: Well, I'm just so excited uh, that Shane was able to join us uh, this week for Dynasty Week. Oh, yeah. I think it was really important for us to try to line up some of the big voices across Dynasty Football. Um, you know, we had. Pat Fitzmorris and Derek Br- Derek Brown uh, on on with us on the Sonic Truth podcast yesterday. We had Heath Cummings on on uh, Man vs Machine. I filled in for Billy Musio. Uh, you know we get to talk to Shane tonight. We got Ch- Scott Connor on tomorrow. Uh, we're doing a lot of uh, things throughout uh, the Road to Underworld. You know to kind of celebrate Dynasty and you know Dynasty Trades in Five is just fire. I love listening to you guys talk. I love talking with Scott. I'm stoked to talk with you tonight, Shane. Um, you know, it's just awesome. It's like, JD, we talk Dynasty all the time. Now it's like uh, it's eight straight days of nothing but Dynasty, and we're just getting after it.
0: It is. It is. And, and we actually cheated here in the district because we actually started a week early, Theo. If you remember last week, we had a deep dive into Dynasty with our boy DWC, DWZ Memphis on Twitter, Randy Young from the Dynasty Warzone. He joined us last week. With yourself, Dan and I, and we had a, a nice deep dive. So, talking buys, sells, go go look at it, guys. Check it out; it'll it'll give you a nice little uh, appetizer before you you dive into anything you've missed this week in the Roto Underworld. You guys have been killing it, Theo. I love everything you guys have put out. Hopefully, you guys are checking it out. Make sure you tune in the rest of the week. But tonight we have a big one, guys. But before we do, as you know, maybe the boss is listening. We got to go give a little word to the men, and we'll be right back.
4: You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, Hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a dynasty orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it.
0: Guys, before we jump into it, I want to make sure Shane uh, just remind the people when they can find the Trades in Five show. When does it come out? What can
2: they expect the rest of this offseason? Every Tuesday, we picked 830 at night because I don't know. We picked like we were like, let's not start on an hour because that's not how we are. Um, Every Tuesday in the season, in season, we'll we'll probably might go back to two, two streams again a week. Uh we usually record at least one or two episodes we try for uh you know the non-live version. What do you call that? Recorded, yeah, the recorded version that drops. Um, and then this Saturday, super stoked, we're doing a five-hour live stream where um nice. I don't know how to describe it. It's five are you hours guys
3: rotating or are you gonna stay together on the five?
2: We allegedly have breaks. Uh so Good. Scott and Clay have well, Scott mostly Scott built in some breaks. He said, you know, Jim smokes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, probably someone might have to go to the bathroom during those five hours. I was fine with going to the bathroom wherever I was, but th- apparently we get a break. So he built in some breaks there. The only thing is he built my break in when Ray GQ coming on, which no, I want to be on with Ray GQ. I like Ray GQ a lot. So I might just, uh, smoke indoors. Nah, I can't do that. There you go. As long as my kids don't watch, I'm good. They won't snitch on me. Um, just, just ditch the cigarettes man. no 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 cigarettes are terrible and if there's any kids watching um don't 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 do drugs uh they're <laughs> awful um but cigarettes are actually pretty good um you know, <laughs> as vices go whatever um but yeah no this saturday five hours we've got a, a couple guests coming on um we're gonna be giving a couple uh, sfb spots away we're nice. gonna do a live roster review on air me and scott Uh, do roster reviews as part of the DT in five thing. And yeah, we're just trying to build off that, man. We're just going to brainstorming on how we can uh, expand. And then one day, you know, be up there with the giants. Yeah. It's it's awesome, man. It's it's a good time,
0: man. The peeps got all week in the player profiler, and then they can end it on the weekend with uh, trades in five for a nice five hour. And and guys, let's face it right now. Dynasty is hot. It's, it's lit as the kids say, Uh, let's jump right, right into it. Um, Shane on the show you guys recently talking startups in in a few episodes and when we think about startups the last especially the last 2 or 3 years you've really seen the whole you know trade back has become a a, a real thing when you're in, in in dynasty drafts to the point where you get in some drafts and most of the owners are trying to trade back and it makes it hard for that strategy to kind of work so you you I, I don't I don't want to quote exactly here or get get a misquote here but I I feel like you and Scott, you you said something that like you and Scott started the trade back movement a few years ago, and now everyone's doing it. So my question is, is trading back still optimal if everyone is still doing it? And if not, what is the optimal strategy, especially in the early rounds of these dynasty
2: startups? So me and Scott really got big on the whole trading up to get to elite quarterbacks because everybody was like, well, I'm trading back. Well, I'm trading back. Well, I'm getting value. And you're kind of sitting there like, well, everybody can't trade back. Right. Like it's just not it's not an optimum outcome if we're all doing the same exact thing. Like there's times you want to follow the, the the herd. Right. Like if you're driving on the highway, you all want to go in the same direction. Right. Unless the bridge collapse, then, then you just get out of, the, of dodge. But um, in Dynasty football, we're like, well, let's mix it up a little bit. Let's trade up. Let's go get two high end quarterbacks and just build from there. Because what ends up always happening in Superflex, not always, but it feels like for me at least and maybe a lot of other people. I end up trying to get these quarterbacks later and the easiest time that you could ever get them is probably in the startup. Right. Um, because if you go to a team that has two elite quarterbacks, like generally they're not trying to move them. Cause they're like, well, why would I do that? Like I have two elite quarterbacks. Like I can fill out the rest. I can find wide receiver ones, you know, a lot easier than I can find that elite tier of quarterback. And Right now, that elite tier is like nine players. Although I think it's kind of expanding out with this rookie class, and already looking forward to next year's rookie class.
3: I'm already putting Caleb uh, Williams
2: and uh, Drake May in that that elite tier.
3: Yeah, and for tight end premium, we we'll get Brock Bowers next year too. So it's yeah. going to be those 2024 ones are worth a lot. He was <laughs> already looking at the rookie tight ends. He's, he's you, you got, you, you got, got it. it, you got um, So I'll say I agree with Shane. It's become such a thing where everybody wants to do it that it's probably the value on the other side. And those elite super flex quarterbacks are like trade calculator breakers. Because even if you come up with a trade that that makes sense mathematically, it doesn't make sense to move a Mahomes. No matter what you're doing, whether you're rebuilding or you're going for it, you're never going to move a Mahomes because he's got 10-year value plus. And it's such a drop-off from the truly elite quarterbacks down to the, you know, the, you know, you bring up like the nine Shane, but it's still like a, it's a, it's a little bit of a drop from like three to nine. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the different mini tiers in there where your comfort level is. So where, where is that top tier for you, Theo? Is it seven? Is it you three? Have, you have the, the, the big three for me, Um, you know, where it's Allen, Mahomes and Hertz. And then I have the, the, like right there is Joe Burrow. Uh, Herbert. Uh, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and then I think you know for Fields has uh, there's a slight danger risk with Fields because he could regress as a, as a runner. So like he's close to it, but he's not there. And then you have the the Dak, uh, you know Deshaun Watson. You miss you Your, missed the guy, man. Can, Tyler, can, big can, dude. can
0: you correct him for him? Can you can uh, you can you uh, can, can you? Can you Lamar. remind me who the QB one this year is gonna be? Please I Lamar.
3: said I said Jill Hurts at to the top with Allen and Mahomes. You forgot Lamar Jackson. Oh Lamar Jackson excuse me. Lamar, so, yeah, Lamar's yeah. right up there with the Sir, like, I put
2: I put that tier. it same like you said last year, I think it was maybe the top four, right? It was a real separation from those yeah. guys
3: on, right? So I'm
2: already projecting a little bit of Deshaun Watson bouncing back.
4: Lamar Jackson
2: bouncing back. So, right there, Lamar's, he's, 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 he's to be found flying meat wad. Yeah. Uh, there's no, no distaste on Lamar Jackson. He just over, over thought, oversight.
3: Yeah. So, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's so valuable to have one of those guys for a super flex startup build that's almost, I agree with you guys. It's, you also find managers that are, that are willing to take a, a mathematical loss just to get that future one. Um, And, you know, if you're, if you're going to trade me the pick, where I'm going to get Mahomes or I'm going to get a, a Jalen Hurts or even a Lamar Jackson, I'm not giving you the 112 then. My team's going to be pretty good, so you're already losing on that deal. So I think there's so many, so many people have just been programmed into, I need to get future ones, I need to get future ones, I need to get future ones, and they put themselves in a real bind because it's really difficult to overcome uh, elite quarterback. It just you can't, you can't cover up at that position. And you know what I do like about
2: this though is like, I do feel I play in, obviously in the circle I play in. So like, I'm like, Oh, everyone thinks like this. And then I kind of forget like, well, no, they don't, but it does feel like to me, a lot of the people I play with at least um, are all of the same mindset. They're like, we're trading up, we're getting monster quarterbacks. I'm like, now I'm starting to go. Well, how far back can I go in the first round? Can I get to the second round? Is Bryce young going to be that code breaker? Like, can he be, You know, obviously not in stylistically, but can he be a Lamar Jackson scoring wise? Can he give me Jalen Hurts type seasons? Like I'm feeling the need to like risk that a little more in the circles I play with. Right. If I play in a league with people that don't play like that and they're still doing the, hey, we're all going to trade back strategy. Well, then I'm going to let everyone do that.
0: Let's do a quick OTC, guys. Just just real quick with these. uh, Would you do Deshaun Watson or Bryce Young, Shane?
3: Uh, Deshaun. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely Deshaun for me. I think he's going to bounce back. We've seen it multiple seasons out of him. What about Bryce Young or Kyler Murray? You know, I got roasted um, for taking Kyler Murray in a in a super flex mock startup. Um, I think there's a lot of people that have completely soured on Kyler Murray, but he's been, you know, top 12 in quarterback scoring and points per game ever since he got to the league. It's interesting to see how he's going to bounce back from the injury whether that caps the rushing upside would kind of be the the thing for me. But we've seen him even last year, which was a year that went completely south. He was like quarterback seven in points per game. Um, and people say, yeah, he scores a bunch of points at the end of a game and kind of like mask it. But those points count. So I don't know. Kyler's a little bit of a, a distressed asset right now. I think just for trade equity's sake, if it was just to roster the guy for the summer, it's Bryce Young for me because he's healthy – and I think he's worth probably more to some other managers. But for my personal taste, I'm probably risking it on Kyler Murray.
2: I mean, that's probably the smarter play, right? Because it's not like we're expecting Bryce Young to come out and drop a QB one season, not not with what he has. And he's a rookie and he's four foot two. There's going to be an adjustment period, right? So your team's probably not going to be good either way for relying on one of them because one of them will can't walk right now and the other going to be a rookie on a bad middling, – middling the bad offense – but for whatever reason, I can't do it. Like I keep trying to get Kyler, but I keep trying to get him like cheap. You know what I mean? Like, but if someone were like, "Here's Bryce Young or Kyler," I'm gonna just it's it's almost instinctive to go towards Bryce Young, and I don't know
3: why. It's just um, the, the pivot. It's the pivot, yeah. you know. And it's a you feel safer with it. But every every year of his career,
2: he's been a top eight or better quarterback and PPR or, you know, not the points per game. And that's what we care about. And that same thing with like Watson when people are fading him off of six bad games last year or people were fading Lamar because he hadn't signed a contract with Baltimore. I'm like, well, you don't, stop that. So I probably should, the smart play probably is, yes. I forget who said it, someone in the chat, but you should probably be trying a lot harder to buy some Kyler. Like if you have four Bryce Young shares throughout your portfolio, if you play like that, Maybe try to ship two of them for Kyler. See what happens. He, he's actually moved up
0: a bit. He was a huge buy, screaming buy, early in the off season and everywhere. Yeah. Like redraft, superflex, dynasty. He was a screaming buy. I think you can probably still get him at a decent discount. But like I'm looking right now, at SFPC, Dino startups. He's going in superflex, like towards the end of the second, right before Bryce Young. All right. Well, I gotta go make some Kyler
2: trades. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. We'll get right back to this high win rate fantasy football content right after this word from our sponsors. And we're back. So would you say that's basically how you're... Because let's face it, we're talking about these elite QBs. We're talking about them for a reason. These guys are straight money, right? They win you leagues. So is that, is that basically your approach now going against that, that whole trading up? Are you, are you more comfortable taking maybe two guys in the next tiers back to back, or would you try to get kind of like an anchor RB, but do it with the quarterback? And I I do this a lot in super flex where you have your one stud or your QB one and then it's really your QB two, which is like a committee between a couple of guys, maybe like Desmond Ritter and like Matt Stafford or something, you know, if it's really ugly, like one of my teams is.
2: So not to cheat, but if I can build some draft pick equity into that, I'm obviously a lot more comfortable with going, all right, I'm going to risk that QB two because I'm going to use some picks later and just try to go to the bad team that has one good quarterback and be like, look, you suck. Here's three first. Let me, let me have your guy. Um, Like Theo was saying, like sometimes that can't happen because there's just not every star player becomes available in your league. Like there's just times like just them becoming available is is a big deal. Um, I've largely gone monster QB, monster QB. But again, I'm feeling a little frisky. And there's been a startup where I was like, well, I'll live with Bryce Young as my second quarterback. like. That's cool, and I know the risk involved because I've done that before, where I've taken rookie quarterbacks in like the second round and gone. oh, that that didn't go well, right? Trevor Lawrence, although all I needed to do was wait one season and be patient, and I would have been okay. Exhale. Um, I don't know if I want to go running back. I still don't have the balls for that. But the problem is the wide receivers. It's the same thing. There's only like a true elite tier. There's Jamar. There's uh, Justin Jefferson. AJ Brown, you want to put CD lamb in it. Go ahead. Chris Olave, who I love, but you can get him a little later. She don't need to draft him as early. So it's kind of like, if I don't get one of those guys, then am I just reaching for a wide receiver just to build different, just to build different? Like, I don't want to take Stefan, Stefan, Steph Diggs there. You know, I don't want to take an old person like Devontae Adams. Um So, I mean, it's really going to depend on who's who's on the board, right? Because I'm also not going to reach for Kirk Cousins. As soon as we get into that mid-quarterback range, if I haven't already gotten my QB2 spot filled, I'm not just going to reach for Daniel Jones or whoever. I'll be like, cool, I'll I'll try a Jordan Love-Derek Carr um, duo, and and hopefully one of them will be all right.
3: Yeah, and I think that there's always – like I think we do a very good job of identifying the elite quarterbacks. I think anybody can do that. But in terms of sitting there and saying – you know the guys that we should value as quarterbacks. You know, fourteen through twenty-two, like it's some exact science. I mean, like you bring up Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was so cheap last summer in in dynasty startups and super flex startups, and I was able to get him as a QB two in a number of spots. Um, you also had Jared Goff was free basically. Uh, and then guys like Brock Purdy and Geno Smith just you know present themselves. Yeah. Um. Where you know a lot of times we'll see the the community think that guys are more insulated than they are. Like you know, and you bring up Kirk Cousins, like he was cheap for a couple of years where people weren't just diving into that, and now he's old. So um, I think that's a great strategy because like Shane said, you can get exposure to you get a truly elite quarterback anchor. And then you get exposure to an elite asset in the second round. Um, you're absolutely right. Wide receiver is is shallow unless you want to get old. So if you want to take, if you want to have a really short window and less trade equity, you know, go ahead and, and get those 30 year old wide receivers. But you're going to regret it unless your team ships at year one. Agreed. So. Finishing off, kind of with the with the
0: the startups. What do you think, Shane? Right now, and I know you guys talked about this recently, maybe more in depth, but maybe give us uh, one of your uh, observations. I guess in the, in the draft streets right now in Dynasty startups. What do you think the biggest mistake or one of the big mistakes Fantasyland is making right now when they're 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 getting into these startup drafts?
2: Ever trading in or up from about round four to about round nine. Like, it's such a flat tier, and you realize it while you're drafting, or or, unless you're just player-focused. And I I don't mean to sound silly, but, like, you you should be more focused on archetypes and things like that. Like, you know, you you might like one player, but, like, do I need to trade up to get Devonta Smith in the fifth round? Like, probably not. He had a smash year last year, but I can probably get someone similar value, trade and production-wise, in the seventh round. So don't throw a first rounder out there just to move up two rounds. Um, if you are making trades, including your picks, make sure you get equal value back. And I literally mean equal. Like if you're trading two startup picks, get two startup picks back. And they could be in the mid rounds, right? They could be, let's say you trade uh, up and you get that, that extra first round pick. Um, and then you have a, uh, just make sure you're getting a 10th back. Make sure you're getting a ninth back. Make sure that you're getting a two for two. You're not doing those uneven where I give you two, or excuse me, I give you four pieces and you give me two in the startup because I've seen a lot of people then panic in the draft and start trying to fill their roster. And you're like, that's not how you built your team. Like you went QB heavy. Like you got to understand, like you're going to take a couple rounds off here. Don't try to then move back up. Um, and especially if you're already, you know, you've already given up the uh, advantage in assets, you're working from poor, poor position, not a position of strength. So just a couple simple things, really. And I think we do overvalue or over, I think we are overconfident in how good our season's going to be in a startup, right? Look, so much can go wrong. I never want to move off of those, those, those future draft picks because again, anything can happen. Um, And I'd rather spend that pick in season if I am winning when I know that I'm winning mm-hmm. for a known asset then trading up now, when I, let's be honest, I could dra- draft a team that I love and it just turns into a bad season and I'm a bottom four team. And next year, I'm looking at everyone drafting Morgan Harrison with my pick and I'm just crying in the corner.
3: You've got no Every, draft powder. Yeah. Everyone can tell you a horror story about moving a future one. If Dan Williamson was here, he would tell you about one that he always likes to, to talk about where he he traded a future one and it basically just destroyed his team, and I don't remember the player he traded for, but Dan Dan remembers it like it was yesterday. And it, was, I it was probably be, James Connor. <laughs> it was no, this was I think this was way back. Dan will reference some guy that's like you know been in, you know ten years out of the league. Yeah, yeah, true. and a few like a like a uh, Jordy Nelson smash season of seasons past. Probably Ladanian Tomlinson with with Dan or something like that. But I'll give I'll give Scott credit. Because I asked, you know, once in a while I'll bounce things off of people, and I asked Scott his opinion. I guess we'd podcasted or something recently, and I, I sent him a DM and I asked him his opinion about Gabe Davis last year. And I had an opportunity to get Gabe Davis for some from draft picks, and he said, you know, you'd want he'd want more than that. Wait till the middle of the year. And I'm like, you know what? That's exactly right, and, and that's why Scott is so sharp. Um, but I agree with you. It's it, you you lose flexibility, and I, I think what you said was was really good. I'll add that. Um, and it, probably just to, to piggyback on what you said, uh, you start loving your startup. Everybody does. Unless you're really going productive struggle, uh, you probably feel pretty good. And then you start pushing the chips in the table and start drafting old guys. When you draft a lot of old guys, your window is very short. And then if the season goes south on you, you're not going to be able to trade those players like you would certain young players. And I think there's also, um, you know, like when when people look at guys like, Cooper Cup and Stefan Diggs and Devonte Adams, they seem like you know timeless assets that are gonna continue giving us 20 point you know per game season after 20 point per game season. Father time is undefeated. Um, so you're already not able to trade them for as much because of their age and the production can fall off quickly. Uh, in Dynasty we see it all the time. So I, I would say you need to have trade equity and Shane brings up the easiest thing to trade is always your future one. But having guys that you can move around that, that other people like, um, that's that's important as well. You want to be able to either push the chips in during the season. If it looks like you're going to be a contender, you can always go and, and make moves. Um, but you really limit the moves you can make if you're too old um, and pickless coming out of a startup.
0: Yeah, and that that cliff for receivers, especially the top guys, comes quick. Uh, you know, we can go all the way back to Calvin Calvin, even Um, you just wake up one day and you're holding a bag of bag of chips. That's not really worth much. And like you said, it's hard to move them at that point. So that's why you you try to get a a year ahead or you try to get these guys, you know, when you start thinking about it and they're still producing, that's a good time to sell them, in, in my
2: opinion. Yeah. And you know what? And if you build your roster with enough flexibility, then if you do want to buy one or two old receivers in season, cool. And you do it with full, you know, full knowledge of I'm going to buy Cooper Cup this year, his trade value. I'm never going to recoup that. Just never. You know what I mean? And that's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to win the title this year. If he gives me 20 points a week, that's great. Whatever he does after this season. Cool. But I'm never going to be able to recoup that trade value. Like I've made a couple of trades this uh, offseason for like Tyreek Hill. He was a player that I, I've never really rostered. And I did it after his retirement announcement. Cause he's retiring in three years and people are like, Oh my God, I can't believe he's going to retire in three years. You're like, dude, he's going to be 31. Like that's, that's about when we, we should be getting out anyway. So yeah. you're going to give me a discount now on him. Yeah. I'll buy him. And I'm fine with not having the trade equity in him, but only because I have other players that I know I can move and I have other picks that I know I can move. So yeah, flexibility is an awesome word.
0: We've, t- we've talked about Bryce Young. You, you seem to, to be pretty bullish uh, on, on the rookie in pros versus Joes. I don't know if you manage this team, but Dynasty Trades HQ uh, are in there with uh, Dan and I managed to manage a, a team in the, the pros versus Joes. It's probably our worst co-own team. It's our only non-winning co-own team, to be honest, it, that hasn't you know, won us some cash in the last few years. But um, you guys have Tua and Stroud. Uh, with Zach Wilson and the reason I bring this up is not to make fun of your roster or your team or your quarterback is I find these two guys are really interesting talk to me about Stroud what are your expectations for him are there any is there another rookie quarterback that maybe we haven't mentioned that you do like this year and how much impact do you think they'll have and then comment on Tua I mean we talked about him on our show uh the last few weeks I think it's it's interesting because he's got the weapons there in Hill and waddle but you have that health concern with regards to the concussion. So, you know, how bullish or how bearish are you on the Miami quarterback?
2: Yeah, this is pretty funny. So, yeah, I don't run this team. Um, and you got it to, to it. I am frightened to, to it. And um, I'm always scared of head injuries. Like, that's the one injury. Like, you could tear your arm 36 times and I'll, I'll believe in you. Like, you could come back with like, head injuries, brain injuries, like it's brain damage. Like, says something about that. I'm like, uh, I, I'm just, I'm not. He had too many concussions too many times in a row. Like, if you're just looking at a statistical standpoint, I think he was QB8 or something like that in the games that he played full. He was fine. I mean, yeah, most of his passes were underthrown. But, you know, whatever. Fine, fine. You know, hes I don't think he's particularly good. But I think having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle really, really do help. Um, And having Mike McDaniel running the offense, uh, the genius that he is, really, really helps. But I'm staying away from him because it is that one more hit. You know, like it's legitimately, I know we say it about a lot of players, but like that dude's legitimately, if he gets another concussion, like there's talk, you know, there was talk after his last one of people saying, I don't think we should let this guy play football. anymore." Now, obviously the NFL doesn't really care what we think, but if there's enough chatter about it, you know, to his family might care. and might just be like, dude, you're rich. Just, just, it's fine. Go surf in Hawaii or whatever it is that uh, you want to do with the rest of your life. There's Um, so much
3: external pressure too, like on the Dolphins. That if this happens again, it's going to be really difficult um, to let him play. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, too scary right now. I mean, it, we hope that he can stay healthy, and um, you know, obviously, you know, head injuries are horrible, but it's also just from a dynasty perspective. It's, I mean, he's very risky. You already, Shane, have some questions about you know his talent, and it's he's kind of his his fantasy output is pushed up by the the scheme and his wide receivers. Um, and then you also put in the fact that you know he could get knocked out of football. So I think Tua is, uh, Tua is a difficult player. He's one that I would love to pivot off of. Um, if I had him in a dynasty league, I, I would love to try to trade Tua plus to try to get another quarterback. I would even trade Tua to get an older quarterback. Like basically, you could get you know a number of these you know thirty plus guys try to try to push some push Tua plus to get one of those guys because I do have concerns.
2: And then Stroud, I like Stroud long-term. I, I don't know how I feel about this year. Um, again, the offense that he's added to, we got Nico Collins, John Mechie, Robert Woods. It's not um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, sexy. Um, and I know sometimes it doesn't have to be sexy. Not the sexiest team always wins. But it feels like there's absolutely no difference makers, needle movers on that roster at all. Like, it feels like Dalton Schultz is the big piece. Like, that's a scary proposition for me. Um, I do like them long-term though. I say that, but I I wish Jeremy would have drafted either Bryce Young, um, who I I keep calling baby Mahomes, um, or he would have drafted AR um, and just go all upside, you know, just, just, just risk it. Like if you're going to go rookie quarterback and I, is is this a dynasty league or is it a redraft? The dynasty, dynasty?
3: dynasty. yeah, Ah, whatever, go upside,
2: go get AR. Um, I know Scott will love that because Scott was all about AR from like before the get, before the rip, before anyone. So he happy he landed sh- in, in, in shoot the upside, Like yeah. Like, could he have landed with a better offensive coordinator, offensive coach? Like, dude, he this dude just took Jalen Hurts. And if you watch Jalen Hurts season one, season two, season three, like you saw the progression. And a lot of that is, yeah, that's Hurts' hard work, but a lot of that's the coaches too. You know, Steichen's gonna. If AR puts in the work, Steigen's going to make that dude a star. And here's the thing. Even if he can't throw, he's going to be as good of a runner as Justin Fields last year. Probably better than Lamar Jackson, different runner. You know what I mean? Like, the dude's just a beast. Like, if I'm the Colts, I'm like, yeah, this is our offense. You know, drop back. You don't see it on your first read. Just go. Just go. I mean, dudes are just a mismatch. Now, they probably won't run that offense. um, And there's a reason I'm not an offensive coordinator. Um, but hopefully his natural instincts kick in. He goes one read and then he's like, Yo, I'm out. That's it. No one's open. Michael Pittman's getting no separation. I'm leaving. And just, you know, bounces outside for 15 yards a run.
3: We had uh we had Scott Barrett on first first class fantasy, and, and the the best description of of Richardson, JD was he's Vernon Davis with a cannon. The guy's <laughs> just the the best athlete you've ever seen. And he's he's incredibly fast. And well, it's he's yeah, it's, it's super exciting for us as fantasy managers to, to have, you know, the potential of Anthony Richardson. Um, so I'm kind of with you. I mean, Stroud, it's like, I don't know. I, I think Stroud's 21 years old. I think that's interesting about him. Um, and I think that it's just, his he's got a sort of a capped upside. We never saw the, the rushing production at Ohio State. Uh, so, you know, they say he can be like an opportunistic scrambler in the NFL. I'd like to see it, um, you know, go out there and prove that. And the weapons uh, around him are, you know, nothing great. So Richardson has Jonathan Taylor next to him in the backfield too. And he's got, you know, stylistically, he's got Michael Pittman who's been a pretty successful receiver. And then he's got a deep threat in Alec Pierce. He's got a big tight end in Jelani Woods and they added Josh down. So they're trying to oh, flag plants. They're trying to do things. They're trying to do things like in Indianapolis to, to help him. So Who knows? I I think he could be very, very good at fantasy.
0: I think he could surprise even year one uh, with, with the setup he has. He's like you said, I'm a Colts fan, little bias, but love everything that you guys mentioned. Uh,
2: Uh, I love Josh Pesky's Pesky, Joe Pesky's question there. (laughs) Is there any merit to drafting Richardson in a one QB uh, with an elite QB already on your roster? Ah, damn. If you take off the second part of that. Yes. Um, If I've already got the elite QB, I mean, where are you drafting them? You getting them at 108, 109, 110? Sure, because the options there in a one QB league aren't particularly great. Like, I was advocating for them. If you don't have an elite QB in a one QB, I could have seen taking them at 104, to be quite honest with you, if not before that, because of the upside that's there. Like, you know, just look what Lamar Jackson does. Look at what Pat Mahomes, different ways, obviously, Jalen Hurts. Like, there's those weeks where they just win it for you. Like the rest of your team just needs to be not bad, but not bad in your own win because of them. Um, I'd say in that instance, it depends where the pick is, Josh. If it's later in the first, yeah, I'm cool
3: with it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, it depends on also your roster constraints. We're carrying like a lot of quarterbacks in a one QB league can be difficult, but if Anthony Richardson hits, um, he could really, really hit. And if you have an established quarterback, you could move him, um, so I, I don't I don't mind it. I think it's just you know, you have to take the optimistic approach here with Richardson. And even if he's not a good NFL quarterback, I think he's going to be a good fantasy quarterback just because of the rushing upside uh, Shane talked about.
0: There's a question, uh, Steve, asking what what can you trade Tua for if you go back, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Goat District channel, go subscribe right now. And Dan and I do a show. We co in some high stakes dynasty teams. We crush with them. And we actually just made a, a a move for Tua in on a big money league that we finished second in last year, where we lost Brady and we only have Allen basically as our quarterback. So go check that out. We talk about Tua and Dynasty, his value. We made to move. We made a move for him. Um, so check that out. And then uh, uh, this Frank beat me to it. I was going to ask you guys this exact one, just really quick, guys: Tua or Daniel Jones? Shane. Uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones easily. What, what a world. world. I mean, what a, what a yeah. world we live in, man. Hey, I mean, Tua gave you five uh, top five weeks last year. And like you said, finished QB nine. He's got the weapons, but the health concerns that we talked about. Guys, let's get into the bold predictions. That's what the people are here for. Let's start off in Jacksonville. Hot topic right now. Calvin Ridley, you're already seeing the, you know, the shots at, uh, on the field of him you know, in his scrubs catching, catching some balls from uh, t Law. He looks like he's back on track finally after his little hiatus, and uh, he's joining an ascending offense, right, in Jacksonville, but he's only the wide receiver 28 right now in Dynasty ADP. Shane, do you think he's a buy for win-now rosters
2: at his price? So here's the thing. I liked Ridley a lot more before I dug into some of his target shares with and without Julio. Obviously without Julio, just an absolute monster with Julio. He was a uh, he was cupped hard. Um and you know, look that's no slight against you because Julio would have cupped any wide receiver in his prime. Um but I had this narrative in my head that Ridley was just going to go there because obviously he's the superior receiver to Kirk. He's going to be the target share monster. And then you look at Kirk's target shares and look who Kirk did it with. Like Kirk did it with like legit, like maybe not Julio Jones, but like uh, I think he had fits in his first year. Like he, he had, I think he played at Hopkins too. And he still had seasons where he was easily above 20% target shares. Ridley didn't do that um, or didn't really clear that with Julio. So it's kind of interesting. Like I thought I liked Ridley more than I did till I dug into it. I think I still rather have Kirk. Now it's not very hot takey or bold. Fuck that. I'd rather have Kirk than Ridley. I'd way rather have Kirk.
3: Theo. Yeah, I mean, I I've I picked up some Kirk for cheap this offseason. And I think like for me, I think that they're probably gonna be pretty equal in terms of fantasy scoring this year, but Kirk is, is a lot cheaper right now in all formats. Like there's a big disconnect. We talked about JD about like in best ball drafts, like for underdog. Ridley is so expensive right now, it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, and Kirk, you're getting this massive discount. Dynasty, you have like a little bit of an age disparity. So there's always like a little bit more calculated, uh, you know, things by managers when they're looking at that. But I don't know. I think if it was if I had a just this year, I'm probably Ridley. But Dynasty, I'm, I'm Kirk.
0: Yeah, I'm Kirk. I'm Kirk all the way. I think people are um, especially the first year back. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you hear Dana White talk about ring rust. You hear fighters talk about ring rust. I think it's the same thing, man. You, you don't just step on an NFL field. And perform like you did when you're at the top of your game like you know whatever 20 some months ago or whatever it is I can't do math right now but you guys know what I'm saying
2: uh Shane's trying to figure it out oh yeah yeah I love doing math Uh, (laughs) let's see so he played football in 2021 he got suspended when they were in London I think yeah Um, that's actually great memory wow uh, that's that's definitely where he got I just remember because I was on a walk on a Sunday morning trying to put rosters in I'm like what on a beach yeah on a um, beach in barefoot give me kirk this year too you're wrong it's kirk all the way i agree i agree i think Let's kirk go. finishes Let's ahead of yeah um
0: i, I want to do a quick uh, happy birthday to my boy joe carlton in in the chat he's a big supporter of the the show we appreciate him and uh, we hope you have a an awesome day and and your best year my friend
3: very That's- good drafter in the nffc too joe carlton's finished uh pretty high up in a couple of big time nffc content. there you go yeah. Nice, nice shout out to my boy Joe.
0: Um, Ramondre Stevenson, Shane, very hot topic right now. Uh, dynasty managers willing to forget the 20 plus years of heartbreak, uh, for those who spent up to get uh lead Patriot running backs in the past, right? Obviously, those, um, obviously, you know, history hasn't done well to, to support uh Stephen Steven or Ramondre Season as uh as Theo has uh, has called it but um Steven where are Steven. Steve sorry Steven season Steven season that's what it was Sorry. yeah like there it is I'm gonna steal that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he's actually got a copy. we can share it shade right? yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you with Ramondre? do you think he's a do you think he's a sell right now and do you think he's he's gone up too much how do you feel about him
2: i mean Generally, any running back that I don't think is elite that kind of performed elite and people start thinking is elite are elite. I don't know the proper grammar there. I'm from Philadelphia. I apologize. Um, It's one of those words would be a sell to me. Um, I know people people are all in love with Ramondre, man. They really do like Ramondre. And look, they do balled out last year. Right. He completely wiped out Damian Harris, whatever weeks he was healthy, all two of them. but I, I'm also a guy that thinks that Pierre Strong is going to get some run in that offense. Um, now, that could just be a, a take from last year and not just holding on to it because he was one of the sleeper rookies that I liked. But I, I just – I don't think Ramondre Stevenson is elite. Um, and one season is not going to change my mind of that. We've seen running backs have really good seasons once and then disappear. We've seen them do it twice and disappear. So I, I'm I'm selling them. Look, it, it, most running backs are, are probably a sell for me anyway. It's just how I play. But him specifically, yeah, I'd be selling.
0: Is, is there someone else you like in that? I know your boy Scott likes someone else in that uh, that backfield.
2: He wants Kevin Harris, right? Yeah, Harris, Ty, and, and not, you, te, please mean, not Ty Montgomery. No,
0: It's, Harris, it's Strong. I'm with you, Pierce Shane. Strong. Pierre That's, Pierre. Uh, he made some move for Strong, and I think Harris as well,
2: actually. Yeah, yeah. So me and Scott actually traded the other day because we were talking – I don't know. We talk a lot, man. We talk more than – probably the most spouses talk. Um, but yeah, we were talking the other day and I was like, I'll trade any third for Pierre Strong. And you know, Scott's a big proponent, and I usually am too. Just hold them in season and then make the decision then. But I'm like, nah, I'll get Pierre Strong now because he's gonna be more expensive. I'm taking the shot on it. He's gonna be more expensive in about f- five months time.
3: I, I think like I'll take a devil's advocate approach is I think that there's a number of people who sharp like yourself that have concerns about Stevenson. And I think there's a cheaper entry point. Like you have Ramondre Stevenson people, but then you have a lot of dynasty managers who are kind of apprehensive about holding any Bill Belichick running back. And they think, you know, the usage is going to change. I don't know. I think the the best argument is Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator is going to do some things differently. It's not going to be just check down, check down, check down to Ramondre. But I don't know. I think that the guy is is potentially like an, a, an almost elite, receiver out of the backfield with size and I think that they're going to be a little bit better offensively this year which might give him more goal line opportunities so I think he could string two two big seasons together but like Shane said I mean if you're just a, a dynasty you know if you're if you're just uh, like a cold-blooded dynasty killer any 25 year old running back is is a guy you're willing to move on from if you can get you know another running back plus like a Sweet. Scott Connor special you know
2: who's a—he's not a bad receiver. He's, he's certainly not uh, what Vermondre showed last year, but he's a pretty good athlete too. Is that Pierre Strong guy? If I yeah. can get him for a third, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take a shot. I'm not saying to add every every running back in that situation because you know, and strong
3: strong strong also like it's the funniest thing is he's he's like an elite athlete runs the blazing forty and it, and he had a bunch of touchdown passes at South Dakota State. So you know when Bill Belichick drafted him, he's like, "Hey, you know, I can I can run some some fake some fakes with him." And so watch if Pierre Strong gets run this year. Here's a bold take: if Pierre Strong becomes a thing, he's going to throw for at least one touchdown pass this season. JD, (laughs) there you go. It's going to be a Pierre Strong special. So
0: guys, I love the running backs right now in the fifth round. If you're looking at super flex startups, you've got Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb. And even though he's going around later, I'm gonna throw my boy JK Dobbins, probably my biggest flag plant for 2023. Out of those five, I'll go to Theo first for this one. We'll give we'll give Shane a bit of time to think about it. Who's your favorite out of those five, Theo and why? Give it to me one more time. Najee Dobbins. Harris, Ramondre, Pollard, Chubb, and J.K. Dobbins.
3: Gosh, that's a tough one. JD, I'll I'll say or is, there, or is there
0: one? Or is there one that you really don't like? You know, go on the other. I'd end
3: say that? that the the biggest the biggest risk, even though the situation looks great, is Dobbins because we haven't seen it, um, and I think it's still a hopeful thing. I mean, you're talking about a guy in the same draft class as Jonathan Taylor, and we're just kind of waiting for him to string string it together. Um, I'd say the highest outcome of those guys would be Tony Pollard if they can change things stylistically, and this could be just a Tony Pollard like 75 target season. 200 carries if he can handle that sort of volume it's it's pollard harris has had a lot of tread on the tires um concerns me a little bit i'm gonna say if i could hold one of them even though it, there's some risk because we're asking him to take on a lot of volume is, is pollard yeah
0: I'll, I'll agree with pollard being the the first one there i it i mean what you said justifies dobbins going around later but I think Dobbins is oh, going to be uh,
3: – Dobbins could smash least, this year. Yeah, He could smash this year. The, the Ravens offense could score a ton of points. And if they really do want to take a little bit of stress off of Lamar Jackson, um, you know, Dobbins is in, in a great spot. So we like the, the Ravens offense this year. We like the offensive coordinator this year. Um, But, again, let's see it. Let's see it with Dobbins. And I guess, I guess that's why you can get him for cheap, cheaper. Yeah. Early, but yeah. it's not that cheap. Dobbins is still a guy who, who you know people are still asking for a lot for.
0: Sixth round and like end of the sixth round around the, the Damian Pierce there uh range so maybe maybe some guys prefer youth there. I think the offense in Baltimore and the whole division this year is going to crush with the fantasy points. Another backfield that's maybe a little cloudier than than the ones we just talked about is in Seattle. You got Kevin Walker who's you know steeping up the ranks. I was just crying in the sidelines with no Kevin Walker shares or Kenneth Walker shares. And then Charbonnet comes. My boy Sharps gets drafted. Um rb twenty sixth right now, I believe. But the funny thing is, Shane, that Walker's value hasn't really changed much. It's not like he's, you know, his value's tanked and he's a huge, he's a huge buy, or obvious buy, I guess you could say. He's gone from RB5 to RB7. So are you buying the small dip?
2: And what's your bold prediction with the Seattle backfield? Um, my bold prediction is I'm going to fly out to Seattle and kick that old son of a bitch. <laughs> um, keeps doing this shit to us, man. Look, I, I, I had Kate, I had Kate, Kenny Walker pretty high, like is in my dynasty running backs. And yeah, like I said, he wasn't like someone that I considered like in that CMC JT tier. But he was behind that, you know, behind the breeze tier and all. I was pretty excited for him. Um and Charb, Charb, look, I was, everyone that has watched Dynasty Trays at five, I, that dude was going to be my running back, too. All he needed was draft capital. It didn't even dawn on me that he would get the draft capital that I needed to push him up, but that he would end on a, end up on a roster with another running back that's basically going to take all the work, too. So I don't, I don't know how either of them get the volume to smash. I just don't, unless one of them gets injured, and I don't know how you predict injury. I mean, if it was Rashad Penny still there, I'd easily say, well, Rashad Penny's going to get injured, but I I can't predict that with Walker. And I can't predict that with charms. Can you buy, like, can you get them at the, if you can get them at a discount, I'm cool. And and saying like, all right, well, hopefully this takes care of itself, which is, I don't want to say you're rooting for injury, but, you're you're rooting for something to happen, you know what I mean? Um, Whether it's one retiring young and giving the backfield to Charbs the way that God intended, um, or it's Kenny Walker um, breaking off big plays again. Uh, I'm going to go with Charbs is going to end up being the lead back in there, but it's going to be like a 60-40 split, you know what I mean? And it's not going to be enough. They're both going to probably be back end at best or mid running back twos. Like – you know, which is good. You need those, but it's not what they could have been. Like Pete Carroll just ruined their future um, for reasons that I don't know.
3: Yeah, Pete Carroll's a sicko. And I remember that uh we had Scott here in the GOAT district. This is way before the NFL draft. And uh, we're talking about this rookie class. And, and Shane, I think, uh, you know, Dan and Scott can correct me, but I think we had Charbonnet as our 104. So we were predicting like how the rookie – it was like predicting – how rookie drafts are going to be non super flex. And it was, you know, JSN Gibbs after Bijan followed up by Zach Charbonnet and, and Pete Carroll just ruins it. And Charbonnet gets the draft capital that we really wanted for him. He goes in the second round. He just goes to like one of the only teams that, that tank is value. I'll, I'll take the, the Ken Walker side just because we've seen it. Um, I do worry. I think it'll be 60, 40 though. Like, like Shane said, um, and Ken Walker will be the 60, Charbonnet will be the 40, but I do really worry about, there's like a nightmare scenario where it's completely split on the high-value touches, where like Charbonnet gets the goal line work, or Ken Walker gets the goal line work, but Charbonnet gets the 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 two-minute offense work, and it's such a split that they're really not usable, and it's a complete mess for us, and we're talking about low-end twos. Instead of one being a clear top-ten running back, and then they take some, you know, jag in the in the fifth round as the, as the handcuff like like it should have been with any normal, reasonable organization.
2: Yeah, man, Pete should be forced to retire for shit like that. Like, I'm sure mentally he's fine because he, he seems it. But, like, I feel like his family just for moves like that should just be like, no, no, we he needs to retire and he needs to stay at home now because he's clearly <laughs> losing his mouth. Lost
3: his, his fastball. Lost his fastball in that one.
0: Yeah, I'm with the birthday boy, I think, and and with the I think Walker's uh still the guy there. Um, I think it's a, a team that runs the ball, man. I mean, now, yeah, obviously, they got uh JSN there and they've got Lockett and 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 DK, and you got to think that Gino in his second year might throw the ball a bit more. Um, but we saw him you know start really well and then kind of fade a bit, uh, Gino last year, so you got to think they're gonna you know maybe lean more on the running game. And I say this often, I get the draft capital. But these NFL teams, they understand at the running back position, they can't just have one guy, you know, in fantasy mm-hmm. fantasy land. We want them to have this one guy that we can just, you know, put our all our eggs in. But, the, you know, they know the guy's going to get hurt. There's there's, you know, especially at that position, guys get injured. So I just think sometimes it's just a depth moves. It's just to have a, a guy behind that's got some talent and, you know, that, that doesn't leave it a hole if there's an injury.
2: But why can't he just do what you're supposed to do, right? You've got this the stud, and then you go get the sleeper in the fourth or fifth round that we all cream our pants over, and we go, oh, if this guy ever gets shot, you know what I mean? Like that's how it's supposed to work. You're not supposed to get two second round guys back to back and just screw up. Shane, right when here. you
0: can drop that at any moment, you that's just true. do wild. You just do. You just do it because you want to, man. You that, wild that's things. true. You that's know true. What I'm that's a good
3: point. In somewhere in the multiverse, we're talking about is Ken Walker a top five Dynasty startup pick? Um, because Evan Hole is his backup this year. Exactly. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay, guys, we we have to talk. We're we're
0: gonna have to rapid fire through our, our buys, our buys and sells right now in Dynasty. But before we do that, we have to talk Minnesota. We have to talk Madison. Shane, I want to get your your quick thoughts. Give us a thought on on Dalvin, Madison. Where were you? Where are you? Where are the values playing right now? Are there any moves to be made in Dynasty with these players?
2: Uh, I'm still buying Dalvin if people are selling. Um, I, I went into this offseason talking about how I wanted to buy all the old people, Dalvin, Derek, uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, depending on his uh, criminal trial, um, Joe Mixon. <clears throat> Nothing's changed for me. I'm selling Madison. I've seen him go for firsts. Like, that's the move. Madison's already, what, 24, 25 years old? He's Right. Generally he's reaching the age cliff for non elite running backs. And I do not think he's elite. Although I will say this in the six games that he's played without Dalvin cook really smashed small sample size alert.
3: Yeah. It's like, I I'd love to get a first for an Alexander Madison right now. I think if you can get that, absolutely take it. Um, Like there's not really a great argument with, with Madison. The guy's never had more than two RB two weeks in a row in his entire career. And it's like talent in the NFL matters and he never had, he never like took a chunk out of Dalvin cook where a week that Dalvin cook was playing, you worried about Madison siphoning touches from him. He was either like the DFS chalk in weeks that Dalvin cooks missed, or he was not playable even in the deepest format. So, and last year with this same coaching staff, he didn't even get a hundred carries. He had like a, a, a considerably uh, lower uh, carry total than he had, you know, for the previous two seasons. So like, I don't know, I have major concerns with Madison. I know the coaching staff is talking him up and maybe that's the plan, but you're asking the guy to take on maybe a hundred more carries. Um, That's a difficult ask. And, you know, these, an elite running back, part of being elite is durability and being able to do it for multiple weeks in a row. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Madison has it. I think, you know, you absolutely cash out if you get a, a, any kind of a decent uh, offer right now.
0: I'm with that for sure. Uh, there's still time for them to bring in a guy too. There's still some free agent running backs out there like Leonard, you know, Lenny and uh, Zeke and those guys, um, you know, I like Madison. Maybe the tread on the, the the tire thing is just that he, he hasn't been on the field that much. So he's, you know, he's got some left, but um, I think the the move for the first is definitely the, the selling Madison is a good one right now. Guys, let's, um let's do this. We're going to go through, quarterbacks or each position we're going to do best buy right now for win now teams okay shane i'm going to go to you first right now quarterback position win now teams give me one to three of your best buys or sells right now oh crap i didn't look at the show sheet at all
2: um just just someone you're buying right now at quarterback especially if you're a win now that you think is a good one now i'm trying to buy lamar jackson Deshaun Watson um, discount, uh, Lamar Jackson, and I'll still buy some Justin Fields. I think he's still questionable enough. You can get kind of a discount. And T-Law, so that's four.
3: I I went Justin Fields shopping this offseason. I added him a number of places. Uh, I think that, like Shane said, it, he's still kind of discounted because I think people worry about like the long, long-term future. But for me, he's a buy, absolutely a buy. I love your Deshaun Watson call. I think he's the one you really, really want to kick the tires on. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just so steamed up. It's so hard to get him right now. But if you can get some manager to move Trevor Lawrence, absolutely. He's going to smash this year. Guys, speaking of
0: smash, listen to Josh and smash the like button right now. You guys are crushing it in the chat. I'm trying to get as many people on as possible we appreciate all of you guys tuning in. If you're listening to this in podcast, make sure you drop a like. If you're list- watching this on YouTube, drop a comment. Let us know who you're buying and selling right now in Dynasty. Uh, but we appreciate all the action right now in, in the chat. Mine is Stafford. I bought him for two-thirds in Triflex. Uh, if you if you want a cheap quarterback, let's remember Cup is still there. Acres is still there. This is not going to be a very good football team. They're going to be launching the ball. Stafford is going to be launching the ball, sacrificing his body like he always does, um, let's go to running back, guys, my favorite. I'll go to you first, buddy. What's uh, Who's a current ADP, win-now team, buy or sell at running back?
3: I love the idea of buying Joe Mixon. Um, he's certainly more expensive than he was a month and a half ago, but he's still older. Um, he might be in a better situation than he was last year uh, in terms of no Samaje Piran behind him. There's some uncertainty about who the number two running back is. And last year, he had the most receptions, of any season in his career so maybe that's a that's something that they continue to do in Cincinnati um like leaning on Joe Mixon the receiver I think it helps Burrow and you know the guy could just completely eat underneath and the Bengals offense is going to score a lot of points JD so I think Mixon um just based on his age you're going to get a little bit of a discount here um and he's certainly cheaper than a lot of the older running backs I think he's a little bit cheaper than a Derrick Henry um he's a little bit cheaper than a couple of these guys so I'm I'm into, you know, kicking the tires on Joe Mixon. Um, I'd like to have a lot more of him in Dynasty. Love
0: that
2: call.
3: Definitely a good Shane?
2: I, I'm going to go back to my old dude, Derek, uh, King, King Henry. Um, I, about four years ago i was like so this dude he's getting old and then um at some point i just realized this dude is, is just not human like yeah he breaks stuff every once in a while but assuming he doesn't he's just gonna smash until he's done playing football and i think he's like running back 16 in dynasty on dlf yeah like no nah, i I, I'm, I don't want javante williams over him like, just stop that so yeah give me king henry
0: I'm going to go to Buffalo. I like both of your calls. I'm going to go to Buffalo. James Cook for me is a nice buy right now. I think people are way too nervous about Harris as much as I liked Harris in New England. If you look at week 13 and on uh, his snap shares went up to 40 plus percent from, you know, in the teens and low twenties or in the first half of the season. And he gave us some top 12 finishes at the position. I think his role grows. I think this team, like I said about Kincaid, they're going to try something different. They're not, insane they're not going to keep doing the same thing every year and losing to the Patriot or to the to the Chiefs I think that they're going to change it up this year and I think James Cook is going to be a huge weapon in that offense and I think at his price he's a nice buy let's go to receiver Shane someone for a win now I think we mentioned some in the show but maybe someone that you know you want to reiterate or that we missed
2: it's funny man all the old people again I generally don't like old people in life and fantasy football at all I see them on the street and I kick them I'm like, whatever. Um, uh, not football players, because they would run me down and hurt me. Um Yeah. By all the dusty nut running backs, <laughs> uh, wide receiver, Devontae Adams, freak, Steph Diggs, Cooper cup. Like when now, like you can't do better than like the, the one year runs that those dudes could put up the numbers they could put up for the cost. Just give me any one of them.
3: You're, you're absolutely right. And I think that like Cooper cup, it's so funny. We've, we've seen such elite scoring out of them, but He's somewhat cheap in Dynasty. I, JD, I got a Cooper Cup share on a FFPC contender How for much? Chigakonkwo and Terry McLaurin. Jeez. And yeah. So I think I'll like that one this year. And that's I a good have win plenty now. of tight ends on that roster. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that.
0: It's a great, great win now. Mine is just someone we talked about earlier is Ridley. I'm selling Ridley. Um, i rather buy him maybe when he's still rusty later, you know, or first third. Of the season, maybe uh, doesn't start off too fresh. I mean, who knows? Maybe he goes off for two in the first first game and I like like a like a dink. But I like Ridley for a sell right now, where he's going coming off of that uh, that season hiatus. Tight end guys, really quick. I know Theo loves tight end, so we'll we'll let him answer first uh, a buy or a sell right now in for a win now team at tight end.
3: I'm kicking the tires on George Kittle for whatever reason. I think George Kittle's in a in an interesting spot. Dan Williamson yeah. made there. You go, JD. Dan made the the argument about how like redraft George Kittle is way too uh, cheap right now, um, and I think you're starting to see it be reflected in Dynasty. Like the age apex doesn't really apply to tight ends as much, and Kittle's an athletic freak. Um, so you know, carrying a 30 year old Kittle should not scare anybody. He's been top uh, four in tight end in points per game among tight ends for like five straight seasons, um, and I think that right now. He's probably the cheapest he's been in Dynasty in a while just because I think that the market for him is like whatever. There's a lot of steam with TJ Hawkinson in Dynasty. There's still Mark Andrews there. You know, Kyle Pitts is moving up again. um, And Kittle's just sitting there getting a little bit older. But at the end of the day, he's going to be a top five tight end again this season. And there's no reason he can't keep doing it until he's like 33. For sure, love Kittle. Shane, I'll let you go first. I don't want to steal any of your guys. I just want
2: to sell people. I want to sell TJ Hawkinson. Get the fuck out on TJ Hawkinson. My dude, um, I know people think he smashed when he uh, he got traded last year, and I keep I keep getting Minnesota and Detroit mixed up. That's how you tell you can tell from the, <laughs> from the East Coast, because we don't give a fuck about the middle of the country. We're like, you're the same shit. But um, TJ Hawkinson had to get like a 6% increase in target share to garner one and a half more fantasy points. Nah, bro, I'm out. And Dalton Kincaid, tight end eight. Come on, people! I was hyping him up before the rookie draft. Sell the shit out of him. Wow, that's man. a great. Yeah, love that, my Lord, Kincaid. That's, though that's a great.
3: I love. I
0: I loved, love, I
2: loved Kincaid too, right? And then everybody was like, "Well, I'm going to draft him this early in the rookie draft, and yeah. I'm just going to draft Michael Meyer, like later. It's cool, Mayor, Whatever. I'm with it's, you there.
3: Kincaid, Kincaid steamed up like you see in some best ball drafts. He's like tight end eight, tight end nine. Um, so it's it's you know. He's, he's he's super valuable. Just want to pick your brain, Shane. Where are you at on Darren Waller? Does he bounce back this year? You know what?
2: Initially, I was buying that the, he switched teams, that, you know, it's going to be the happy dust. It wasn't him. It was the Raiders. But the more I think about it, like, we haven't seen this dude actually be productive in fantasy football in over two full seasons. Like J.D. was saying, like, you just – generally don't see guys come back off of like two years. They was just been awful. And then all of a sudden they're going to turn it back on. So I think he's closer to toast than he is a fantasy asset again.
0: Jelani Woods, guys, we talked about athleticism with him out there. He's the tight end 24 right now, 23, 24 in uh, dynasty, the FFPC high stakes streets. And I mean, I, again, rookie court, we've seen rookie quarterbacks lean on tight ends, especially one that AR models himself after in Carolina. Do you guys remember Cam coming in and just peppering Steve Smith and Olson? I believe. If I'm if I'm wrong, correct me. But I'm pretty sure that was that was a thing out there in Carolina. So I think AR comes in, leans on the athletic freaks uh, Pierce out there, and as well Jelani Woods that you could probably get really cheap right now. And maybe I'm selling Ingram. Uh, Dan and I go check out. Uh, we haven't dropped it yet, but I'll be dropping that tomorrow. The Owners Lounge. We talk about a trade that we made. Uh, involving Ashley Waller and Ingram and some other big players out there in a 500 league. Um, Shane, we always appreciate your time. You jumping on with us, man. We love that you're crushing it out there in the dynasty streets because you're doing something that we know you're passionate about, that you're very knowledgeable about. We love that what you and Scott are putting out there, uh, dynasty trades in five. What's the other gentleman's name? I feel bad. I don't know.
2: Clay, Clay Pandemic. That's not his correct last name, but that's what I always call him. Yeah. So, so make sure you check
0: trades, uh, dynasty trades in five at Shane is the worst, which is definitely not. We love them. Um, anything else you want to add Shane, uh, that you got coming
2: out or that you guys are doing? Oh, remind the stream. About, remind Saturday, them the weekend. Yeah. Five hours. Come support us. Come show, hang out. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be a blast and other stuff and things. Now, nah, man, appreciate, really appreciate you having me on. It was really fun to cut it up with you. It's been a minute.
0: been too long. It has. We'll, we'll get you on real quick, man. Uh, we'll get you on more often, especially talking more Dynasty. Theo, love what you put together this week as a big Dynasty player myself, the whole Dynasty theme uh, for Dynasty Week. So talk about that. Talk about what else people can expect and player profiler the rest of the week.
3: Definitely check out Heath Cummings earlier today. Uh, This was awesome with Shane and we have your partner in crime, Scott Connor coming on tomorrow for first class fantasy. That'll be really, really fun. Um, We're going to drop like a bunch of video content. It's already started to drop. We have flag plant videos, some interesting things we're doing Um, really building up the YouTube side at player profiler, Uh, especially for dynasty managers. There's a lot lot of like kind of evergreen videos that you can go look at. Uh, And then, Uh, We close out Dynasty Week on Tuesday. John Dagle will be back. Um, So, yeah, we got to get you back in the district, uh, Shane. Maybe get you towards the end of the summer um, because this was awesome. Really love chopping it up with you. And uh, I can't wait to tune in to you guys on Saturday. For
0: sure, guys. Check it out on Saturday. Make sure you're tuned in to Player Profiler all week for Dynasty Week. Make sure you tune in every Wednesday night right here on the Player Profiler Network for the GOAT District. And go check out the GOAT District channel on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform guys smash the like we appreciate all you guys especially the chat was hype tonight and you know how we do it we'll check you all later